Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, yeah. <laughs> New tour dates, guys. Thanks so much for coming out to the uh, to the show so far. They've been awesome. Philadelphia, Denver, Seattle, Nashville just got added. Portland, San Diego just got added. Uh, Boston and Bloomington, Indiana. Um, that's it that I can say right now. PeteHolmes.com for tickets and info. It means so much that you guys are coming out to the shows. It's so nice meeting y'all. Y'all after the shows, so come on out. Like I said, Nashville and San Diego are the two new ones, and they are all on PeteHolmes.com. Hope to see you guys on the road. Uh, and the ad is Squarespace. You know this. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, Visit squarespace.com and enter the code WEIRD at checkout. I've used Squarespace. It's super duper easy. If you ever want to make a website, it's like an a- not even an afternoon. You can pop it up. I don't know HTML. It's simple. It's easy. It's got a beautiful design. You just drag things and drop the content. It's that easy. And, and if you can't do it, 24-7 support through live chat and email. Uh, they got offices in New York, Dublin, and Portland, so they're easy to get in touch with. Plans start at $8 a month and include a free domain name if you sign up for one year. Uh, they've got a responsive design, commerce, like online store stuff. Every site comes with an online store, which makes it super easy. So start a trial. No credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, be sure to use the offer code WEIRD to get 10% off and to support this show. Thanks, Squarespace, for supporting the show and get on there. A better web starts with your website. Squarespace! Brian Callen, everybody. I hope you enjoy it. Hope to see you in Nashville, San Diego, or Philly this coming weekend. Uh, PeteHolmes.com, everybody. YouMadeItWeird.com, everybody. Everybody.net, everybody. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I hope it's not a porn site. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the guest seat. How's it going, man? I'm good. How are you? Nice Still tall, you. huh? Always, every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the AC is broken, so I'm going to apologize. I look good when I'm misty. You look good. <laughs> That's your response to it's warm in here? When my skin is dewy with sweat, I... I just look right. Yeah, I just look right. You do look right, like tilling a field or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you look great, like a bindle of uh, lumber, and yeah. you throw it into the back of an old pickup. It's funny you ask, I say that. I, <laughs> I work with my hands, my, my torso. A lot of people are like, what the fuck is going on with your body, sports? No, nah, I work with my hands. I work the fields. <laughs> I work the fields. Wait, do, do you I just really? keep saying I work the fields. <laughs> It's my workout. You guys go to the gym. I tend to bale hay, split wood. And I fuck girls from behind, behind my wife's back. Just a heavy voice. And never looking at you the whole time. I fuck girls from behind. I fuck girls from behind. My wife's back. My wife's back. I commit gross infidelity. Don't give two shits. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Fantastic. How's it going? It's a good way to start. I mean, just... You know, like kind of a bit. I bust out of the gates. I can't hear myself in the earphones, so uh, obviously. There you go. Here you are. Oh, there you we hear go. That? Is yeah, that better? There's my voice. Yeah, isn't that there, nice? Yeah, there it is. Uh, I, I was just like outside. I don't like that. 
No, I don't. I, when I hear my voice, it's way too thin and reedy. Oh, and now, um, well, yeah. I I was I did a looping for a movie called Ride Along. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It was number one three weeks in a row. I only do those kind of movies, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, it's just talent, and I came from the stage. And, oh, we need you. But um, <laughs> I, you mean you were just there? I well, no. This is a, this is a while back. But when I did looping for it, and I looked at myself on a fifteen foot <clears throat> screen. And there's nothing more depressing, right? I went, wow. Well, that's I have very. There's nothing symmetrical about my face. I'm clearly <laughs> losing my hair, and and I do nothing for my hair. And the whole thing is a disaster. A disaster. I'm supposed to play a tough cop, and I, I look like I play golf. I mean, honestly, I'm not. I don't have a good body. And, I look um, like I play golf. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is terrible. And uh, and there I was doing looping, and and truly depressed, like really, like kind of just appalled at the way I look versus the way I, I walk around thinking I look. What's the difference? Uh, yeah, exactly. In my mind, I'm you, You're winning the right thing, though, as, as long as you think of yourself is, well. well. Because my parents paid attention to me, right? There you go. But but um, the girl who was in her 20s said, can I just tell you something? I said, she goes, I love your voice. And I went, thank you. I was like, that's so weird because I've been thinking about what, uh, like, just, I hate my voice yeah. and I hate the way I look. She goes, you hate the way you look? Yeah. You're incredibly handsome. Oh, I, I hugged yay. her. I hugged her. I hugged her. A good compliment, man. There's nothing like little it. treasures we can give each oh. other, but we choose not to. I know. You ever just like squel- like squelch one down? Well, LA. like you got one, and you're like, I'm not gonna say it because it makes you vulnerable. I guess, I guess, and it, it looks a little bit. Hey, I like the way you smell. Right. You know, well, it's very kind of gauche. Like we live in a society that's very. It's very gauche to um, really be blown away by somebody yeah. or something. Well, it's you're right in saying that it's vulnerable. That's why we get this attitude of like, who cares? It's better to be ironic, isn't it? Yeah. It's better to be kind of Sarcastic. live in an ironic, well, you know, you're good, but whatever. What's it all matter? It's a nihilistic approach, but I think we're all the worse for it. I think you should be astonished. I agree. I, you never lose the ability to be astonished. Agreed. Yeah. That's the meaning of happiness, I, I think. I think so. Is never losing a, a childlike, I know that's cliche, but a yeah. childlike wonder with all of things. And even if, like, you can find something and you might be like, this, pro- this person probably hears it all the time. Mm-hmm. Even telling a comedian they're funny, it's interesting how, like, that still will feel nice. Well, I walked up to uh, uh, Daniel Tosh, and I'd never seen him before, and this was probably five years ago. Daniel Tosh.0? Yes, Mr. Daniel Tosh.0. It's way before Tosh.0. And he was a guy who was up on at the Laugh Factory, and I watched him. And this is when I was, you know, I'm fairly established as a com- I mean, I don't know. I've been doing comedy a long time, whatever yeah, you want to call sure. it. Yeah, and, uh, and he was so funny. And I walked up and I said, you are the funniest comic working today. <laughs> and I meant it. And he, and he looked at me and he goes, that's really not true, but thank you. I said, no, 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 no. It is true, and I'm giving you an objective fact. You're that funny. You're amazing. And uh, no, it's really not true, but thank you, thank you. And he just kept signing the thing, and he's just frowning, and he just didn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, That's yeah, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. That's Daniel. Yeah, sure. But I meant it. Yeah. I meant it. You know? It's a gift. It's, it's a, a gift. Words are gifts, and, yeah. I, and words are curses as well. Yeah, well, he turned around and said, you know, you're the greatest comic of all time. And he I said, said that to you. Yeah, and I said, that's, that's crazy. And he goes, and future time. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you can never improve on what you do. And so you yeah. left that part out of the story the first time. I you did, told I it. did. It seemed I'm, like that's the story, really. Maybe that is the story. It's a story about a compliment. It that, seems like you made it up at the huh? end. Huh? <laughs> what? It seems like the Tosh part was real, and then you kind of, for, uh, for a laugh. Oh. oh, no, I didn't know I was going to be attacked. My credibility <laughs> and my character is going to be attacked on, on, the, on Pete. <laughs> Point six. I thought of a good riff. When you said it was before Tosh.0, I should have said it was Beta Tosh. It's a mm. computer joke. 
That's a good. Joke. I barely get it. No, but that's don't you hate when you come up with something witty, but it's too late, and now you have to resell it. Damn it, Holmes! Oh. It was far too late. Can I tell you something? So I've known you for a long time. Uh, I've known of you for a long time. Yes. We've worked together on Mashup. We were yes. together on Mashup, and yep. we've done shows at the Improv and sure. stuff together. But what really sealed it for me is I've always I've always thought you were a great guy. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, there's a good guy, very funny person, charismatic mm. guy, uh, fun person. But then uh, we did that show at the West Side. Yes. And you know what really put you over the top for me? Speaking of like little things. Yeah. So I went long that show. Uh-huh. Do you remember? Uh-huh. And uh, and then backstage, I I'm being a hundred percent honest. When I yeah. didn't realize, I know you didn't. I know you know that I didn't. Yeah. I just made a... And you, a caught a little, you caught a little flack, which was very awkward. I caught a little flack, and it was awkward. Yeah. And, and here's Brian Callen. Mm. I'm paying you a compliment. Mm. I felt a sincere, zen kind of beauty yes. that you were just kind of like, it's okay. It is okay. Like, you were you were the guy, you know, you're Mr. UFC and Bindles of Hay and shit, yeah. who, like, by rights, could be an aggressive person. Yeah. And instead... Among comedians, certainly. What's that? Among comedians. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I actually, I think I know enough about fighting to actually be a bully among in the comedy in the comedy circle, community. Yeah. Circle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else is there really? Right, there's right. no one. There's Joe Rogan, and then yeah, there's me. That's and it. Maybe one other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's you two guys yeah. for sure. Yeah. But here in the comedy community, you could be a tough guy if you wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, and I never thought of you that way, mm-hmm. but it was just interesting. So I, I was catching flack. And uh, I, I apologize for going long, but then it kept coming up, like in right. a little bit of an antagonistic strange, way. Strange, and I, which was strange. It was unnecessary. I agree. Yeah, but what happened in that kind of negative moment? Something positive happened where you really. This is not the only reason I want to have you on. I want to have yeah. you on because you're funny. But I, it really kind of. You, I don't. I don't know how to say it. It just made me happy. Well, I took care of. Maybe you in that moment you did. a little bit because you did. I, I, I you had nothing to gain. No, I just knew that I just knew that you were you'd you'd been up there you'd you'd crush the room. You wow. were having a great time and completely lost the track. last thing on your mind was to take time away from anybody. You you were yeah, there yeah, yeah. to be supportive and have a great time and yeah. then you came back and there was a euphoric feeling as well there should have been. We all had a great time watching you. And then somebody else came in and I think they hadn't that for whatever reason and whatever was going on in their life that day, yeah. it had nothing to do with Pete Holmes. Right. Well, maybe. And so it needed somebody to kind of go, hey, 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 whoa, he might have gone five minutes over, but we're all okay. I think I went like 10 over. Whatever. Yeah. We're fine. <laughs> maybe we're, 15. And we're all fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all fine. But that's that what you had. And it. you didn't go 15. It might have been 10. It was a Buddhist. It didn't matter. You felt like you had like a Zen-like approach where you're like, it's, oh, you just kept yeah. repeating. Yeah. Almost like a mantra, you're like, it's okay. Yep. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Because it's called perspective. There are other things to worry about. Right. That's not one of them. I heard about that. So I put that story behind me. I'm bad with confrontation. Mm. And the weird thing about that story was I was this close, like as close as I could be to just completely saying, you know what? I should have known. Like I should know. Because mm. the person said something about like, you clear, you have some semblance of time, right? Like right. that was like an attack yeah. or whatever. And I was like, I, but that bothered me that it was being so confrontational. Yeah. But I like, that know, wasn't a place for it. Well, you know, th- the other thing that, that I, the reason I spoke up was because I, what, what kind of bums me out about the comedic community is that there isn't a lot of camaraderie. Yeah. There just isn't enough of a community. I, I I never looked at comedy as a competition. I never looked at this business as a competition. I don't right. look at life that way. I think it's ridiculous. When I'm, when my friends are doing well, I, I consider it inspiring. Mm. I, I when I bring features, I try to bring guys who I want. I always say this: I want 
you know, 30% of the audience say that guy should have been the feature. Mm. I love having mm. really funny features up because it makes the whole show better. Yeah. The other idea is this scarcity, this sort of notion that, you know, what, what, what my friend calls famine thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to do that. And, and instead, it, I wish that, and it, it's better, but I, I wish comics were just a little bit more considerate. I, and yeah. not, I, mean, I mean, just a little bit more. They took care of each other a little bit more. I think benefit of the doubt is something that always yeah. bums me out when I don't feel like I'm being given the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And that's what it was in that situation where it was mm. like – because I, I felt like – Good point. I was like this This is somebody who I was afraid thought that I was big-timing the show. Oh, but I was yeah. like, oh, I have a TV oh. show. I'm going to go as long as I want. Yeah. Where the truth is, they said do 15. I said light me at 10 because I was going to get off quickly. Right. I didn't want to go long. Yeah. And then I was up there and I didn't see a light. So I went long. Yeah, the light isn't is hard to find. And then I got off, and, and you know, so I understand the person being upset. I, I even do. I agree with you that we should give each other the benefit of the doubt. How many times have we all done that? It was kind of an interesting experience. I was like, we've all done that. I've had people go long and cut into my time. I've sure. I've been the guy. Obviously, I've been the guy that ha- that's had that happen. But when you don't have that benefit of the doubt, where they think this person was being deliberate and malicious and did it on purpose, yeah, or, and like doesn't give a shit when the opposite was true. But you know, every once in a while, you you have a moment like that happen. I just. Just don't indulge in that kind of stuff. What do you uh, mean? You know, you know I'm um, eating some honey. There you go. I was going to say you got some honey on there. I, I just think that <laughs> when uh, you look good with honey, and uh, especially if you play with hamsters at the same time, because you got that sticky sweetness in your mouth, that furry cuteness in your hand. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful sensation. 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 You do love your voice. Yeah, I actually don't. Sure. But America does. It's a good voice. Are we worldwide? <laughs> um, it gets out there. I don't know, man. I, I just think maybe I'm older. It's just perspective, man. It's it's. There are just a lot of other things. Look, you know, there's a there's a. I think it's at West Point. There's a statue when you walk in, and it says, "A nation defines itself on what it's willing to fight for." Mm. I think that a man defines himself on what he's willing to fight for. Yeah. What are your What are your boundaries? A lot of the problem people may have is that they 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 define themselves along very strong lines. Mm. I'm a I'm a tough guy. I don't let anybody do that to me. Whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Mm-hmm. And man, that's a, that's exhausting. Are you watching Fargo? I'm not. It's just it's a, a guy that's being pushed around meets a guy that's like you shouldn't be pushed around. That's not a spoiler. That's yeah, that would have yeah, been yeah. in the preview for the show. And that, that's one of the th- feelings of being a man. And I don't, I don't even know where my boundaries are. I've never been in a fight. I, in that small altercation, I, I was like, I'm not going to not say something sarcastic. That's like my yeah, own yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. little pushback. But like, I don't know what it is that I, I fight Well, for. somebody said to me one time, he's a, he was a psychiatrist. And uh, I got mad about something. And he's a friend. And, and uh, he looked at me and I said, I was saying something like, you know, I punched that guy and blah, blah, blah. And he said, boy, you're really comfortable in that, that, that sort of violent space, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, that, that's what I'd call some warrior energy. That you, you come at people with that a lot? I go, no, I don't come at I mean, you know, I, if somebody's going to fuck with me, though, it was about something. And I, I, they, somebody took advantage of another guy or something. And I yeah. was like, well, if you did that to me, I'd just, you know, I'd right. say, you know, whatever. I'd burn down your Whatever, house. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what I said. It was probably all just bluster. But, but um. He said, that doesn't work, you know. And he's older than me. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the problem with coming at a man with warrior energy is that you're not going to change their mind. What they're going to do is they might concede defeat in the moment, but they're going to clock it. Hmm. They're going to store it. Hold on to it. They're going to hold on to it and right. they'll find a way to hit you back. It may not be with 
you know, it may not be with their I army think over that's the exactly hill. Exactly right. It's going to happen when you're asleep in one way, metaphorically or not. Brian, I think that's genius. Yeah, I think that's really true. Yeah. And so just remember that. You, yeah. You're not winning anything, man, you know? You might win in the moment. Yeah, but yeah. forgive, be understanding, be respectful, all right. those things. Right, 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 right. You know. I, I keep wanting to go back to the story. You could make the argument that I was being disrespectful, and I was aware of that. That's why I was like— I don't think you were. That was the other thing. I, I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't. I just saw a guy out there having a blast and crushing an audience and <laughs> filling the room with joy and laughter, which is exactly what you did— and so, uh, so I mean, I, I appreciate that you're trying to, you know, uh, take responsibility. But, you know, you didn't see a light. You got a little seduced by by the audience who loved you. Right. You're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are. And all of us right. have done it. Right. It's including an- our friend, I'm sure. Well, yeah. That- who's a very funny guy. Of course. And a good and I, guy. And I don't have any ill. No, no. He's a good guy. No he's a good guy. He's a funny guy, an original guy. But. But yeah, he, he he was having a moment. Yeah, it's okay. A lot of the time, it doesn't really have that much to do with 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 what what is actually happening. Well, it doesn't have to do with you, right? Right, right, right. right. That's the crazy thing. You don't have to take it personally. No. Well, that's what I try. You know, it was embarrassing how long it took me to deprogram myself from fantasizing of all the things I could have said and that's done. Right. You know that's what I mean? Right. We well, get into that mode. Well, where also like, because you Darr! got yeah, as a man, you got put on your heels, right? And we are, I swear to God, genetically programmed, right? To but it's fight back it's like a heckler okay mm. for me all i know is heckling for confrontation for the most part yeah I, if you get heckled 99.9 percent of the time people listening to the show know that i feel this way someone says something unless it's really a belligerent drunk that's like you fucking suck which yeah. almost never happens yeah it's almost always someone says something that the comedian perceives as a heckle yeah. and then it becomes a heckle you yeah. know what I mean? Like, they might have just been like, huh, that's why I don't use dandruff shampoo. What did you say? I have that's, dandruff? That's right. And then they start fighting, and that's then the right. person on their heels realizes that it's their job to become this role we call the heckler, and then they start heckling. Then yeah. I've seen a, a, a harmless comment turn into, you suck, next, because that's what, that's what you yeah. turn them into. Yeah. And it's the same thing, I think, with an altercation. You can either diffuse it or dive right at it, but I don't think really diving at it works. Well... You know, it might sometimes, but the other thing to keep in mind is that <laughs> there are different kinds of strength and there are different kinds of courage. Uh, my friend had a breakdown. He hit the breakdown. He he kind of came to me one day and he said, he, "We were young men," and he said uh, he was he was devastated. I said, "What's wrong?" He said, "I was upstairs with my girlfriend. She was trying to sleep, and there was this party downstairs, and they wouldn't keep it down. I finally went down and kind of the big guy there. I said, "Dude, you got to keep it down. My girl's trying to sleep." And the guy got in my face and said. Go fuck yourself. Go back upstairs. I'll make as much noise as I want. And my buddy was terrified. He yeah. backed down. He felt yeah. like a coward. Right. But and I said, I said, what the guy looked like? He goes, dude, the guy was six four and he had cauliflower ears. He was a wrestler mm. and a neck like a fire hydrant. I said, okay, so so that doesn't make you a coward. What happened to you is you got thrown in a shark tank and you don't know how to swim. Mm. You were put in an arena where you were faced against. It's like. Look, I'm not afraid of, you know, things I'm familiar with. 
throw me in a ring with a bear. I'm going to shit my pants. I have friends who are professional fighters. If you told me, to, if you put gloves on me and said, Brian, you got to go fight that guy, I would be, if I had to run a punt back in the NFL, et cetera, et cetera, I'll give you a thousand scenarios where I would shit my pants. I'm not a coward. Yeah. I do, if you took one, if you took that guy with cauliflower ears and said, bro, get up on stage and make us laugh for, for 10 minutes. Yeah. He'd shit his pants. Right, right, so, right. Courage is compartmentalized. Yeah, you know, don't feel like a coward because you got you looked at a, a giant who's been throwing dudes around a mat his whole life, who's got cauliflower ears yeah, yeah, and yeah. could eat you for dinner. Yeah. You're supposed to be afraid of that guy. Yeah. You're supposed to come up empty. We only have enough time in our lives to be good at a couple of things. Right. Sorry you're not a great fighter. Right. So so I had to I was literally like, dude, anybody would feel that way. You were thrown you were you were basically a guy who doesn't know how to swim yeah. thrown in a shark tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, guess well, what? It, it, you'd have to be a fool not to be terrified. But we all have that fantasy of if I kick their leg sideways, you know, you break okay, their leg or sure. something. Sure. I know a friend of mine who would have probably said, I, I have a friend who would have said, uh, he would have said, bro, we're going to go. I'm going to fight you. And uh, you better kill me because I'm going to come back for you. I know that guy. And, and that's fine. But he grew up that way. He's comfortable. You in better that. kill me. He's had his ass kicked. So he's, he's comfortable with that. He knows he'd get knocked out. He's been done, done before. Got beat the beat crap. Out. He got his ass kicked by his dad. No big deal. I got beaten up since I was seven years old. You're going to beat me up as a man? Good luck. I'll knock on your door in about three days, and, and, and you'll lose this fight. You'll win the battle. You're going to win, lose the war. Again, he's fucking used to it. If you've never been punched in, a, in the face by a grown man who can fight, you're, you're excused for being really afraid. Come on. I mean, I know that you know, courage is a very, very, is a very dicey thing to talk about. It's very dicey. There are men that can fight everybody in a bar, but they can't quit a job they hate. Right? How many people you know that who are not living? I know I need to start doing that. I'm, I'm working in this shitty job. Meanwhile, he can beat up six guys and not afraid to. Courage is very compelling. That's Batman. He won't leave Wayne Enterprises. Exactly. He's just like, it's my dad's company. I got to stay. Exactly. <laughs> that is so fucking brilliant. I love that. Yeah, well, I am brilliant. but you love we've talked about the ufc on the show before Mm. you love uh mixed martial arts and uh, i like fighting you like fighting but only because it's so honest tell me why i help me understand there are a couple things you can't fake in life one is fucking the other is dance uh comedy yeah can't fake comedy you're either funny or you're not yeah um and fighting you get in that ring whether you're a boxer or you're a wrestler or you're a mixed martial artist which means you have to do everything um, there's, 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 that's, you can't hide. Nobody's there to help you. Right. And you either have the skill set or you don't. And when you get hurt, you get knocked out, you got to go back to the drawing board and, and, and be, be brutally honest with what your deficits are. And also because if you don't, you're just going to get punched in the face oh, you'll again. Get, you'll get pounded into retirement. Yeah. yeah you have a, a real, like we have bombing, which I think is one of the reasons why comedians grow Pretty quickly. Yes. If at all. Yes. Either they don't or they grow quickly. Correct. Because we start associating not working, not being funny with pain. Yes. But I can't imagine, maybe I should, maybe I should stretch myself. I've always, like, you know, flirted with the idea of doing, like, learning Taekwondo or something. Well, I, I've come, never to, done come to Box and Burn, I'll, I'll put, the, where, I, where I box. I mean, some That's, of the best boxers in the world there. It's an amazing gym. I don't understand. 
You want me to come there? <laughs> come, come. We'll put some gloves on you, and you'll just learn how to hit mitts at first. Oh, really? And learn how to catch punches. Just learn, just get a feel for for what it's like to have a very slow punch thrown at you. And, and if you do it long enough, pretty soon it becomes a language. You learn how to plant your feet, sit down in your punches, move your body. You can do a jujitsu class, which is great, and you learn how to use your long legs and put somebody in. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised in six months how different you would feel, and and how it would kind of break down the mystery of. Really? Yeah. Well, it is a mystery right now. When you watch fighters now, you see the vocabulary in the way that we see it when we watch comedy. Well, I've been doing it so long, and I love it so much. And, yeah. And yeah, I mean, so a you see bit, the code a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. I, I, I think you know, I, I've done it for long enough to know, first of all, that I'm never going to be a professional, and I know exactly how tough I'm not. Right. But I, I understand. Uh, yeah. I mean, I understand. I can tell somebody is a good boxer and why I think and right. and certainly a good wrestler right because that was my first thing was wrestling so okay and then you yeah. you also experienced that like if I don't train or if I don't like one of the, I love the movie The Fighter which you're in uh, Warrior, Warrior. Yeah. I yep. knew I was fucking yep. it up yep. but no but there is The Fighter is a great The, the Fighter I is like, also a great movie I love that movie I prefer uh, Warrior actually I wow. liked it more All right. well, uh, I don't want to get I Mark Wahlberg writer, after me I put me. the writer and director together for that movie uh, that's, is that why I saw you at? didn't I see you at the national concert Yes. I did. Yes. And the, all those boys were there. Yes, they were. All those the the warrior boys. Yep. Yep. Great movie. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't mean to compare it to the fighter. I just I just meant to compliment the movie. Fight, right? yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a good movie. I love the fighter. Uh, but they talk about that part where Nolte. I love training scenes in movies. Mm-hmm. Never trained in my life. Yeah. And I love the part where Nolte. Uh, Takes away the French. I know. I takes away the. Katie's laughing. Takes away the French fries from. Yeah. The dark haired guy. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tom Hardy and goes. That food's for losers and old men. <laughs> and I love that sort of mentality where it's like, if you don't eat, well, I understand, I watch the extras, that they ate yeah. a lot of steamed broccoli and chicken breast. Yeah. If you don't eat that, you're going to, you know, somebody's going to break your face oh, in a way man. that you'll, you'll just look different for well, the fighter, rest of your fighters life. Get, fighters get superstitious. Really? Oh, yeah, man. My, my, I would imagine they would. Oh, my God. The, the, they are, they are so incredibly, um, I mean, it's so funny because I had a, I had a long talk with Tim Tebow of all people last night. Is about, he the religious one? Yeah, uh, and about, I know he's about, a, about diet, a good know, athlete about diet. Uh. Uh, but but the fighters fighters are and athletes in general can be at times, uh, depending on the fighter or the athlete in general, um, can be very superstitious about what they put in their body. Man, even and, the and, Tebow, he doesn't seem oh, like yeah. somebody. Oh that my would, god, yeah, because he, because nowadays <laughs> with nutrition, yeah, well. <laughs> Well, uh, he doesn't. He never really talks about his faith. He's just, uh, it's, it's interesting. He's just uh, really, you know, he's a great guy. Keeps it to himself. Yeah, he's the best looking man I've ever seen in my life. Is he really? Life. Yeah, I thought I was straight this whole time. <laughs> Turns out you just hadn't he, met the Tebow. Yeah, yet. that's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't, met, hadn't met Tim. So the diet. Um, what was he saying? Well, you don't. You know, if you're really serious about fitness, the way these guys are, diets everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, the, these big time trainers, these like scientific trainers, to train Olympic athletes. If you're not eating right and drinking water and sleeping, they're not even going to start talking to you. Yeah. That's where it starts. Right. Then you, you go into the lifting and the training. Right. And, sure. You know. What was the T-bone thing? I'm not trying to get a scoop well, on no, T-bone. He, he, I'm just he interested. Just, he's got this trainer that he swears by, and uh, he will. He basically. I mean, he will not drink any alcohol. He will not eat any sugar. I mean, that guy doesn't even eat any carbs. He gets his carbs from leafy green vegetables. The rest is protein and fat. But if you look at him and you see what a beast he is in the yeah. gym, whatever, see, whatever he's doing is working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my jam. I, I'm surprised there aren't uh, – see, okay, so there's, there's – weird. I'm, 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 people know that I'm going to get into this. I'm into weird nutrition. I, I completely understand a no-sugar, high leafy greens, almost like a raw vegan diet. But a lot of these guys then bring in uh, lean – 
animal. Fan. You don't need it. You don't know. You don't know an athlete. I don't know an athlete who's a real athlete who doesn't uh, take an animal protein. Really, it's really hard to be a vegan. That's crazy because there's that weird guy. This came up on the podcast recently where there was a raw vegan. He's like 54 or something. Yeah, they're, they're he's guys. insane. Yeah, he's there's insane. some guys, but even ultra marathoners, you know, used to be just eat a high carb. And uh, one of the most famous ultra marathoners, whose name escapes me, uh, recently was said, I, "I start eating meat." You can see it with the Olympic athletes, and they follow this stuff pretty closely. I yeah. know I'll get a lot of flack from listeners. You know, no, I get a lot of flack for well, always pushing people to be vegan. Well, but vegan, vegan. It's about toxins. If you're you're eating animal fat. If you're eating animal products, yeah. you're getting toxins. You're not only getting uh, a, the animal toxins, but you're yeah. getting the toxins that the animal was well, eating. I, I, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a, a food scientist. Neither but am you'd I. get a huge <laughs> argument on that. You would get a huge argument. And, I, and I, let me let me yeah, tell please. you why. Uh, Gary Taub. I'll, I'll give you some names. Gary, Gary Taub, who wrote um, "Good Calories, Bad Calories: What, what Why We Get Fat." He's a science writer. Um, Tim Ferriss, uh, who wrote The 4-Hour Body, did a lot of experience with himself and, and spent years talking to every b- nutrition coach, strength coach right. I mean, from all over the world. I'm familiar. Um, uh, Scott Connolly is a doctor. I think Barry Spears is a doctor out of MIT and now wrote The Zone. And I mean, I can give you a lot of names, but, but, but um, these are people that work with athletes who, who work with people who need endurance and need speed and, and everything else. But let's just forget all that. Let's take a look at the blue zones. Let's take the six blue zones um, in particular. And there's a lecture on TED.com to, to watch of uh, people who live the longest okay. uh, in areas. Uh, and then let's take a look at every indigenous culture. Let's take a look at the entire Bantu belt of sub-Saharan Africa, which, is, which primarily was because that area was hard to grow edible grasses, you basically had to hunt for your food. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the Native Americans. Uh, and, and if you read what Western, when Westerners came into contact with these indigenous cultures, first of all, they were primarily carnivores, uh, especially hunter-gatherer tribes because they just didn't have the topography to grow sure. food. Um, if you look at their their diseases. Good what, use of topography. Uh, thank you very much. They were dying. They were dying of violent causes, and they were dying of infection from you know getting a cut or something. Sure. But they didn't have colon cancer and heart disease and the things that we we deal with. So in fact, the the scientific consensus. But those what people I've are read, eating. Those people are eating animals. Eating their indigenous diet. So well, not only are they eating, these people are eating their indigenous diet, but the, the animals are like fr- literally free-range eating. Uh, well, I think that they're – I don't know, and, and it hasn't actually been proven, but I do think it would make sense to eat an animal that is that is feeding on its natural diet. Absolutely. So, for example, a cow is a ruminant, um, which means it eats grass, which is why it has four stomachs. So eating grass-fed beef because it's, it's, it's in its natural state sure. I, I, apparently is has better integrity nutritionally. I don't know. I don't want. I don't like to say these things. Cause I haven't. Yeah, I haven't I looked at enough of the data. And food gets very. You We're know, in a pretty safe place. I, I talk yeah. like I know what I'm talking no, about. No, but, 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 but remember something about <laughs> about being a vegan and eating a lot of greens. Yeah. In fact, um, so so having said all that, and all the blue zones where people live the longest, they all eat meat. Yeah, but, they, they drink okay. alcohol and they eat meat. If you look at it in Okinawa, you look at the seven. Well, Okinawa, Adventist, they drink that. Yeah. I've seen Sardinia. Yeah. I mean, there are different blue zones, and they've done some really extensive studies. I mean, Tim Ferriss went and looked at the blue zones in in his book, uh, The Four Hour Chef. And he went and lived with the people in Okinawa. Well, what he was interested in looking at is what they don't eat. Uh, that was kind of interesting. But but they all they do eat a great deal of fish. They eat um, p- uh, blue potatoes and, and just a very a big wide variety of diet. Longevity also has to do with other things. They're but, also like a happy group. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but having said all that, I, I'm saying there are a lot. Most of the world eat, eats meat, especially indigenous cultures. Um, 
the really the only places that you can find vegans is probably in southern India mm. um, that I know of, that I can think of. Uh, I, there may be other isolated pockets, but but if you look at the way the world has come out, most people didn't eat a lot of meat because they couldn't afford meat, of course. So sure. so I, I do think that the majority of people in history lived on a plant based diet, uh, and they were very healthy. They were, and they were very healthy. I'm, uh, sure. They always say that you can if you can eat eggs or you can eat some cheese and get some protein that way. Uh, you know, you're, you're fine. I don't know. Hmm. But, 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 uh, so I don't mean to say that everybody who eats meat is really healthy. Sure. And I don't mean to say, you know, I, I, I just, when you say that meat is toxic, in fact, plants, remember, uh, plants have to keep bugs and other animals from eating them. And the way they do that is they can't run away, but the way they do that is they create their own toxins. Hmm. So that's another side of the coin. Yeah. When you, when you take in a lot of leafy greens and stuff, you might very well be, uh, taxing your kidneys and things with the toxins the plant has as a natural pesticide hmm. that it produces. Never heard that. Yeah. Interesting. And and I and Dave Asprey, uh, who's done a lot of studies on this. Great um, British name. Yes. Dave but Asprey. Not. But he did my podcast and he came on and talked about that. Uh-huh. Uh, where people are eating great deal of greens and their their kidneys get taxed with uh, you know. So I you know, it, it's just an interesting. Yeah. You got to just be careful. I think all of us have to be careful with any kind of orthodoxy when it comes to food. Personally, I, I think that uh, a vegan diet it, it, with with a little bit of meat or a little bit of animal, animal well, that's protein, what I understand is very great. popular in in uh, the UFC is that people are eating what would have been a raw vegan diet, but then they add to it lean protein. Which yeah, I mean, I, the people I've seen that are the healthiest for me, uh, just for my my very limited experience, which nobody should. You know, but uh, whenever I see people like eat a lot of vegetables and fish, yeah. they look really good. Yeah, like they just do. Like I, you know, I mean, if you look at like the islands, like in certain Greek islands, or you know, oh they, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. they live. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and you look at them and you go, "You look really healthy." Right, you look right, right. Really, I go to Sardinia, I go to those places, right. and I've been. <laughs> right, and and, and take a look at like Sicily and stuff. Like I've been. <laughs> you go to these countries, man. They look really good. Well, you know, a lot of the vanity foods are things like our Greek products, olive oils. Yeah, and that, that sort Italian. Of stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, and by the way, they smoke and they drink some wine, but it's all done with temperance. It's all done with yeah. Uh, you well, know, it's also the attitude with which you're doing something. Are you drinking yeah. alone in your apartment, like a, like a lieutenant after a shift with one light bulb, and you're you know you're right, buddy. your partner's gone and you're downing some Glenlivet? That's yeah. bad. But if you're in Okinawa and you're drinking a little sake before bed. This is like a happy person. Yes, but they're also they're also yeah. rich in other ways, especially specifically ok- Okinawa. We're looking at the longest living people in the world are either spiritually rich, mm-hmm. like a lot of people that are like yogis or mm-hmm. or monks are you know are doing pretty good, and then like a lot of people that are like have a sense of community and purpose and respect. Going back to your per- uh, your thing yeah. about respect, is that places where it's like we love our old people. We have ceremonies where they're like celebrated. And they never retire either. The apparently, they 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 keep working. Keep, they have a reason to live, right? They, that's right. Yeah. And Why com- keep and, living? If and you community. Don't, yeah. Bonds. Yeah. And exploration and adventure and new people and 100%. and seeing your grandchildren and yeah. seeing your great grandchildren and all that sort of stuff. What yeah. we, what we have, I think, not in just this country, but in our species, is a real problem with like a purpose. Like people don't have a purpose to live. That's uh, a really good point. Right. You see people that are like, why live longer yeah. when I can live shorter and, you know, engage with this nacho cheese fountain, which I understand. So true, though, man. You're, you know, you're, you're, I always say to people, like, you got you to gotta ask yourself why you're doing something and you got to ask yourself what you really want. Yeah. You define yourself 
on what your desire is. Yeah. And 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 what your need is. Desire and need are two different things, but mm. um you've got to ask yourself those questions mm-hmm. because most people don't. They just they, you know, you Absolutely. can call it goal setting whatever you want. Do you goal set? I don't really. I just. Uh, I mean, I we're going to high five anyway. All right, anyway. No, no, <laughs> no. But I, I, I definitely ask myself what I want. But that is okay. So you're maybe like maybe that is. That I what understand it is. that it is, and you're. I know you kind of joke around. I love your act. I love your comedy, and I know you're aware that you're I'm, like a manish. Well, I'm, I'm number one. <laughs> well, I'm number one. But well, keep well going. I'm number one. Keep going. <laughs> so good, I laughed at it twice. There but it so one of the most masculine things, and women can do this as well. It's just a masculine. It's like a testosterone equality is decisiveness. I say mm. this all the time. It's it's an appealing thing, not just to others, but to yourself. To ask yourself, what do I want? Mm. Where am my headed mm. and what am I doing to get there? And I don't mean in a type A way. I mean in a pretty like honest go, way. Go with the flow. Who are you? Honest. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. What is my purpose? Yeah. What am right. I here to do? That's right. What do I do well? What do when I close my eyes and ask myself, what is my purpose? What do I see? Well, you know, what, I'll tell you. Watching you on stage, I was thinking about this. You know, I've seen you a number of times, and when I get so like when I when I realize what I do for a living. Like, I feel so incredibly lucky because what you do, like what you did to the room that night, um, is very rare. There are very few people that can do that. I would say maybe 300 people in the world that can actually headline. Don't you think? How many many really funny comics are there? How many, first of all, how many (laughs) headlining working comics are there? And then how many of those are really good and can get a room guffawing for an hour straight? Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah, not it a lot. It takes a long time. It's rare air. Yeah. We are in a, in, a, in, a, in a pretty exclusive fraternity. I feel very, very proud. I agree. You know, I, I don't care. Like, but I, that's that purpose. That, that, make, that gives you something to live for. Well, look, Sean Penn and, and Daniel Day-Lewis and Christian Bale are awesome actors and I love watching them. C- come try to do. Come follow me. Come try to do stand up. I'll give you. I'll give you five years. Come try to be. Come. Come follow me, bro. Come see what you do. I'll give you five years. Five years to practice, and and then you put me up and do, I'll do an hour. You do an hour. The not ch- being a dick. The challenge. Not being a dick. It ain't happening, bro. Right. It, you're not. You're not going to do to a room right, what right, I right. do. I'm just being honest. But so, you, yep. so what I'm saying is that. And I'm not saying I can do what they do as actors. Well, you can't win an Oscar nice, either. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. They'll well, give yeah, you 30 yeah, years. Yes, I can. I'm a beautiful actor. But the point is, <laughs> and that's the point. And that's the point. This is the Brian Callen show, everybody. No, I love it. I am so tired of listening to myself talk. Why are you eating uh, honey? Do you have a sore throat? Yeah. Then then why don't you uh, gargle with salt water? Why are you eating not? First of all, it's not raw. Honey. It is raw. <laughs> oh, don't shit. fuck with me, bro. <laughs> shit. <laughs> why, why, why not uh, gargle with salt water? That's a great idea. I'm going to write that down. Because you know what? I'm not, I'm not fooling around. That's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. a dick. And shoot saline solution in your nose. I'm not kidding. I had the, the president of the American Cardiology Association tell me that. I haven't had a cold in six years because of that. It saves my ass. Saline? As soon as I start getting a sore throat, I just start gargling with salt water every two hours and I shoot saline in my nose because what it does is it. it, it what do you kill- mean? You neti pot? Yeah, but there, you can get that just the spray, the air spray. Uh-huh. It's, it's what is saline? saline? Saline is just salt water. Oh. Oh. And you shoot it in your nose, and then you gargle with salt water. And what happens is you localize the the sort of infection, the virus in your nose, in your nasal yeah. ca- cavity, and yeah. your, your throat, and it doesn't transfer to the other cells. So you actually localize it until your immune system has a chance to kill it. So just sit there for two days and do that. It's on the paper. There it is, baby. <laughs> I've just been talking too much. It's it's the only uh, it's it's you know doing the podcast so happy, and then we 
like it's weird. There's a, a very strong link between what we do professionally and then what we do for fun, yeah. which is talk to people and like yeah. make each other laugh. So it's like you're constantly talking. It's a huge, uh, yeah. It's a huge privilege. But I, I drop my larynx and I just, I just let my diaphragm do all the work. You drop your larynx. Yes, you drop your larynx. My <laughs> voice box. So you, you you drop. That's what they taught me in theater school. Probably you, horseshit. You drop it and you, like right? when you're yawning. If you want to get more, you know, just keep your larynx down. Because when you talk a lot of times, your voice goes up here, and that's yeah. because your your larynx is high. Yeah. You're tense. Yeah. So just uh, lower your yeah, voice. Yeah, bring it down. Lower your voice a little. But don't bit. even lower your voice. The lower your voice that just um just keep your keep your larynx kind of neutral. You don't know this is fascinating to me. Yeah. I, I know we think this is like a detour from what we were talking about. This mm. is fascinating to me. I was going to like a vocal coach for a long time, but I was like, why am I sitting in a room going, he no, like, I don't, don't, don't want to do that. that. I just want a couple techniques. Well, I just wanna I just wanna know what my what my real voice is. Ah. Well, you know, we change I had a I ever tell you a story, I had a forensics uh, a psych um a forensics uh uh, a psychologist, a, a guy who works with criminals. He's an FBI profiler. Oh, wow. And I said, you guys use psychics? I don't believe in any of that bullshit. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm a psychic. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, look, bro, I could tell you stuff about you you right now and you'd think I was psychic. It's just reading human behavior. And I go, like, what would you say about I me? love this story. And he goes, Brian, uh, I want to make, la- make it last longer. You like it already. I'm interrupting you just to make it ah! last <laughs> I know that feeling. I know. Don't get to this punchline. It's a great story. It's the greatest. He said. He said to me. He said, um, "Your uh, your father is a very big man. I guess he's from the Midwest, and I think you admire him a lot. How many? How many? How many of those points am I right about?" I was like, "You're right about all three. How the fuck did you know that?" And he goes, "Because I can tell where you put your voice. You you have a you grew up trying to imitate your father." And so it sounds like you he, – he, he was talking about my glottal stop. I guess it's higher or lower. I can't remember, but he said you, where you place your soft palate is where somebody from the Midwest would speak. No. Yep. Wow. And he said, so my guess is you go tr- around your father because you also – I think you try to make your voice a little deeper. And it's and 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 so my guess is Midwest. And if you're trying to make your voice deeper, you grew up trying to imitate your father and have a deeper, louder voice. Especially when you're around men like me, because I was around these three big kind of men. yeah. So I was obviously changing my voice and trying to be more macho and be accepted by these guys. Yeah. So I was obviously talking kind of more like this. Right. And he read me right away. That he, that, so that's funny. not your real voice. You're too small. You, your cavity isn't big enough to carry that. Whatever it was. Ah, it was interesting. And he took some educated ah, guesses. He happened to have been right about three of them. But if I didn't know better, I would have given him a lot of money. Yeah. Because he was a psychic. Yeah, I, I would like to see a psychic that is just like, I'm not a psychic. I'm just going to tell you what I can tell from David Blaine. your gate. David Blaine's hilarious. He's been my friend forever. And, and really? Dave, Dave will read your mind, but it's all, you know. It's Shut tricks. your dick hole. It's trickery. Oh, I, I'm friends with really famous people, Pete. No, I... <laughs> Bradley Cooper and I actually have a timeshare uh, <laughs> at the Sunset Tower. I have my private kung fu class with him. Uh... <laughs> How long is this podcast? I'm looking at my fake watch. I'm looking at my non-existent watch. Tell, well, David Blaine stole it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love D. Blaine. Big but, fan. Yeah, he's Big great. fan. But I, I don't mean like I watch his things and I enjoy them. I mean like... 
I study his his tricks. He came to my house. Them. He came to my house. He was doing magic for my daughter. Yeah, just tell the story. Brennan Schaub, <laughs> Brennan Schaub, Duff Davidoff were at uh, my house. They were like, whatever. Uh, maybe maybe you're going to show some tricks. Yeah, they Duff were like, David whatever. Off. I go, oh, really? <laughs> whatever? I go, hey, hey, hey Dave, uh, David, can you blow their mind? David blew their mind. What did he do? He had them pick a card and write on the card what the card was. He said, whisper the card to such and such to Brendan. Dove did. And then he said, do you have a Sharpie? I went and got a Sharpie. He goes, write it down what the card was. And he couldn't find the card. And then he said, is this the card? And he didn't find the card. And it was like the trick went bad until we looked at the Sharpie. And on the Sharpie, it said five of hearts. On the Sharpie. Uh-huh. That's a good one. And that wasn't a Sharpie. He didn't give the Sharpie to me. I got the Sharpie from my desk. You explained that to me. So he, not only did he guess the card that Dove whispered to Brendan, whispered to him, he then, it was somehow on the Sharpie that Dove had used. Yeah. Good luck with that, everybody. Well, I mean, you know how, you know how he does that. I don't. It's so disappointing. I mean, like, I, there's, there's no big deal. First of all, did he, did he suggest a card first when he was flipping through the deck? See, that's the thing. The best part of the movie, The Prestige, have you seen the movie, The Prestige, mm-hmm. which is about magic, is he says people are looking, but they don't really want to know. And that's true. Right. I am both a decent magician. Oh, you are? I, I mean, like, I, don't, I won't do tricks, but I love the art of it. Okay. It's very similar to comedy. Uh-huh. He wants you to look at what you, we want you to pay attention to what you're paying attention, mm-hmm. the way we use our words, and then you hit him with the punchline or the reveal of the, sure. pre- the prestige. Yeah. So, very similar. But, like, when you find out, it only, it only breaks hearts and disappoints. That's true. So, so we, it's not even fun. We don't have to tell, you can tell me off the air. But I mean, he, here's the thing that I've learned is even if I do say he's forcing the card and then he's swapping the Sharpie, you go, of course. Oh, of course. But I mean, that's a, that doesn't make it any less incredible right. to me. For me, that's a good point. the art of that is having that Sharpie on you. Yeah. Knowing that the force works. Sometimes forces don't work. Calling an audible. Yeah. Just like you would with a joke. If, sure. If you realize it's going sideways. Yeah. It's a be- it doesn't take away from this guy. I agree. And a man who is in somewhat in character constantly. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He plays the part of a magic man. Yes, he does. All the time. Yep. So that when we ask him to blow our minds, which is a great invocation of magic, will you blow our minds? He goes, yes, your heart is ready. That's right. I will blow your minds. And then he meets you where you're at and he does this great trick. It doesn't matter if it was a force or maybe it wasn't a force. He's done tricks that I don't know how he does them. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. plenty of tricks where I don't know how he does them. I like the satisfaction. There's an appreciation to the academia of studying it. Not so that I can do it and not so I can have moments like this where I'm like, Brian, you're a fool. This yeah. is how it is. Yeah, no, 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 I love That's it. not my attitude. No, no, no. I'm like, how great. If we watched, yeah. is there a moment where he's swapping the pens? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But how did he do it so effortlessly that right. not well, we one of the know. five people saw? There you go. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. And that's the trick. It is a trick. It's magic. Yeah. It's an, you know? it's an illusion. It's Brian, an illusion. It's your friend, David Blank. Call me back. I'm right behind you. <laughs> and then you hang up and he's right. <laughs> what the hell? How is he as a chum? Fun chum? I've known him since he was 17. You did? Yeah. You have? Uh-huh. Went and to theater school together. You what? Sure did. When he got like he had roles on soap operas and stuff. He never had a role in his life. He never he chose not to be an actor. He just started doing magic at a very young age. I thought he did a. When he was nineteen. He was at the clubs in Hollywood. I mean, in, in New York, doing magic for celebrities. You just walk up to him. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And as a as a person, decent guy. I I, I want to make this about you, but we. we, we David, David is a Blake. beautiful guy. David is a guy who. Um, 
doesn't really take any money. He won't do any advertisement. I mean, I, he turned, I think it was Pepsi or Coca-Cola down. They wanted to give him a million dollars. And uh, he said, nah, I'm not going to endorse your product. It's not good for kids. And then he did a, he let Target uh, sponsor him. He just wasn't making any money. I mean, he, yeah. he, they, he wasn't <clears throat> accepting any sponsors. And uh, he he let Target sponsor him as long as they gave like a, an extraordinary number of underprivileged privileged children uh, a shopping spree. Hmm. And that was the deal. So he grew up he grew up with not a lot and his mother died of uh cancer very slowly and badly mm. and he lived that and he, he didn't really have a father. So, you know, David David was alone. He was alone at a young age right. and and with a great deal of imagination and David was a guy who um at a very early age became fascinated with human suffering and dignity in suffering. And so he's read a great deal about um you know Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. Mm. He's Jew- he's half Jewish. His mother was Jewish, and his father was uh, I think Puerto Rican or black. But um, you know he he he's a guy who has always been fascinated with with how one can suffer with dignity. Mm. His favorite book I think is Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, mm. and uh, you know so he's a very deep dude, man. He's got he's got a huge heart. He really he really really does. Mm. So I love him. I mean, I, I you know I know the I know the the man behind the magic, behind the cloak, so to speak. And I, I just I, I love him. And he's I a cool him. dude. Yeah, he's a, that's he's, great. He's not, he may not let you in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he is with people, but I've I've known him again since he was seventeen. I right. Mean, I, you know. Right. I, mean, I remember telling him, and he's he says this probably said this before, but I said to David, I did a podcast with him where he said it. I didn't even realize, but he reminded me, he said, you were the first person to tell me to read and surround myself with people that helped me grow. Mm. And that's what I did. I was, you know, he'd never had, he didn't have a lot of responsible male adults around him. And I said, you got to read. You have to start immersing yourself in the best that's been thought and said. You have to read. There are mm. people who've done all the thinking for you. You just have to expose yourself uh, to that. Well, Otherwise, you'll start reinventing your own, the wheel. You'll start, you'll start cherry picking and you won't, have, you won't have a philosophical or political or even ethical or moral bedrock. That's important. A uh, uh, starting point. I think so. That's why education is important to... to, to uh, to know what kind of questions to ask, to recognize and understand the meaningful difference between things. The good example, if most people say, well, everything is that way, that's just like that. It's much harder to actually understand the difference between things. Mm. Understanding the meaningful difference. David Foster Wallace wrote an essay about that, but understanding the meaningful difference is, uh, is what it's about, and that takes investigation. What does he mean? Um, I think... What he means is, first of all, what he means is, is, is understanding if you, for example, say something like, uh, corporations are bad, big pharma is bad. It may be so, but what kind of bad? Hmm. What, what do you mean by big pharma's evil? You know, you hear these things, or Monsanto, or whatever. What do you mean by that? What, what, in what way are they bad? And why is that important? Well, politics is all bullshit. Uh, maybe, but you're not helping or solving the problem. Right. Okay, so, so, so yes, we have problems with our political system. Okay, maybe your freedoms are being eroded. All right. 
What do you mean specifically? Why is that important? It's important to understand what the root cause of the problem is so that you can fight the problem Mm. effectively. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're swinging in the dark, man. Mm. So that's, that's what is important it's like hashtag activism something that yes. that i see a lot yes and i'm always a little bit concerned because i know i'm the type of person that would go hashtag like um stop being a dick and yeah. like what am i really doing that's <laughs> you know, right like, what are you really doing to solve the problem right i mean I, I would argue only because i've i've read some books that have convinced me otherwise doesn't mean i'm right that the biggest issue is campaign finance reform is money in politics What matters in Washington is fundraisers. Those are the people with the power. Mm. You're not getting elected and you're not staying in office without raising a lot of money. Mm -hmm. How do we solve that? That's the issue until you will never have common sense laws passed or common sense government really necessarily without that. Mm. Now, I I, I don't know if that's true. I'm being dramatic. But but just know the meaningful difference. But also, also, man, listen, it, it also enriches your life. I mean, know the meaningful difference between... What what is pop art and what's real art? There is criteria for great art. There mm. is criteria for great artistic effort that that transcends, that uh, lifts you up, that teaches you something, that that where you say, ah, life is just like that. Mm. That's the truth with a capital T. Mm. Not with a small T. Mm. It's the shit we stay alive for. <laughs> it is. It is. Otherwise, there's no difference between, uh, you know, uh, Adam Levine and, and Mozart. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Sorry, Adam. Isn't he a friend of yours? No. I just assume. No, I'm jealous of him. He's too good looking and he's got those tattoos. So I would never hang out with him. He's a little too vain. I understand. Well, I'm sure he's a good guy, but I. No, I can't we don't hang even know him. that. We can't don't hang know with that guy. We don't know that he's yeah. a good guy. Can't hang with a guy who's, who's that. Who's who's just who's that just that much of a preener? I agree. I'm sure I'd love him. I'm sure if I that's him, I'd fine. Be, We're the same way. We'd yeah. get along with him in yeah, an yeah, elevator. Yeah. It would be fine. But it's not, I can't really hang out with him. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that's my speed of of lifestyle. Nah, I don't want my own. You're, you're a comedian. We're too. Yeah, we're too like. You gotta be. You got. You can't like yourself that much. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. What is the art that gets gets your dick going? Mm. I mean, what, what authors? What, yeah, and what are the books? When you said the books that, uh, yeah, because for me it's not about it wasn't about high school, high school and college for me, and grade school certainly were about social education. It mm. had so much to do with learning what I was good at and who I was gonna, where my values were, who I liked, what I didn't like. But it wasn't about the great books that I've read were all post college because mm-hmm. somebody like you was like, you know, you can keep learning. That's in fact for me it was start learning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't mean I, to put you on the spot, but do you have some things that really did it for you? I mean, yeah, books, seminal yeah, books yeah, in I my mean, life. Um, when I was younger, I read, I would read, I try to read an author, you know, and just read everything he wrote. Really? So, yeah. That's so a jo- great idea. Joseph Campbell. I love Joseph Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Every 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 young man or woman should read. Read Joseph, Joseph Campbell. Campbell. I love Joseph. Why am I doing um, it like uh, Louis Anderson? I love you, uh, but I do. But yeah. my excitement was that I haven't read that many people. So the fact that you started with my man Joey Cam, yeah, it's always nice, right? Love Joey Cam. Um, I I went through my Ann Rand phase, but she's just a little. She's the school of libertarianism, and I'm pretty much a libertarian. But I find her to be, as I got older, a little artificial in terms of she. She just. 
This is Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, and The Fountainhead. Great books. And yeah. important books, actually, in a lot of ways, whether you agree with them or not. But she's as you get older, life is a little bit more complicated than that. She mm. tends to be a little too... She paints these. She creates Christ figures. And I, I don't think that exists, man. Um, you got to be careful with that stuff. Like the movie Signs. Yeah. <laughs> where Kumail, my friend Kumail, you know Kumail, who, yeah. who he said he was like M. Night Shyamalan wanted to make a movie that proved that there's no such thing as coincidence and that something's looking out for us and then made an artificial situation where that was proven. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan has been found out a little bit, I think. <laughs> As a small T? He's just not such a. I, 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 yeah, he's 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 a guy I don't. I'm not that impressed with. <laughs> I'm just not as a as a as a director writer. Uh, no, all due respect, you know, I just it's, uh, I, I think that's, cents, that's a good cents. example of a guy who is trying to get somewhere with more trickery than 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 answering asking questions and answering them. I mm. don't know. I don't mm. want to be too much of a fucking. No, nah, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Yeah, but it's um, not for you. I'm reading a great book now called The Beautiful Ruins by Jess Walter. Wow. Uh, and a great book. I like if you want to start talking about novels, extremely loud and incredibly close. Uh, I think Jonathan Safran Doer who wrote it. That that is a fucking masterpiece. You mm. want to talk about another masterpiece and you should listen to it, not read it, but listen to it on audible.com <laughs> is uh, or whatever. Sure. It, but I just I like Audible's version cuz this guy named uh Richard Poe reads it. Blood Meridian is Cormac McCa- McCarthy's masterpiece. It is it is one of the great feats of language. Really? Oh yeah. And then if you really want to get crazy, Get involved in N- N- uh, Lolita by uh, Nabokov, read by Jeremy Irons. Huh. Uh, I mean, so we can keep going with great. I, I read. I read Cormac McCarthy. I enjoy his books. I read The Road. I read. Yeah, uh, The Road. The Road though doesn't even isn't even in the area code of Blood Meridian. It ain't. Uh, the Road is fine, right, but it's uh, not even close. Blood Meridian is. I mean, forget it. <laughs> forget it. There's certain novels where you just kind of go, what is going on here? Yeah. Well, you know what he said, Mm. Cormac, about his process was that he, like a lot of creative people, and I would say there's something to this, feels like he's just uh, dictating from something else. He felt like his work was coming through him. That's my favorite. And when he was writing it, he didn't know where it was going, and he just just showed up to the typewriter. Well, that's that's what Flannery O'Connor... I know another, another great writer died at 39 of MS, but she was—I think she died in the 30s—and she said, "I sit at my typewriter every morning, not to write, but in case something happens." Mm. Uh, th- there are a lot of writers that talk about the idea that they're just a channel. I think for the story exists already; it's just up to them to keep showing up. Stephen Pressfield talks about this in in the War for Art, but comedy too. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great way to look at it. Like Springsteen was talking. I actually talked to Springsteen. Yeah. Of all you things. You look like you know Springsteen. I, well, I don't, but I, I got to you're meet him one. and talk to him, and I am number one. But, <laughs> and he likes number one. But uh, he said, what's your name? I go, seriously? He goes, I'm kidding, number one. Yeah. <laughs> he rolls up his sleeve, has your name tattooed yeah, on him. Yeah, he said, I said, how do you write songs? Because we were talking about writing jokes. And he said, you know, I start with a metaphor, and I just sit, and I kind of wait, you know. 
And I went, God, you know, it, the guy who won the Fields Medal in Mathematics a while back, mm. he came up with that. Just up, we need to take a moment for the boss right there. I just come up with a metaphor and sit there and wait. That's great. How about that? That's a good line for a song. Isn't it great? And, yeah. and that's how he writes. Yeah. Uh, in other words, it's out there. Let me just sit around until and, and it shows I agree. To me. We yeah. just have to make sure we have electricity going through us so we can conduct from up there to down here. That's right. Tell me the what the The guy who won the Fields Medal in Mathematics said, uh, Stellan Skarsgård? He refused. It's a Goodwill hunting joke. <laughs> I know it is. And that was a good one. Uh, and, and well done, sir. And well done. Tosh Beta. Uh, yeah, man. Very well done, sir. Um, you got to keep up with Pete Holmes. Because he's got his black belt in comedy and 90s reference. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, when he won the Fields Medal in Mathematics, the answer, I think, was 357 pages long or something crazy. Mm. It's been a while since I read the article. And he refused the million-dollar prize that came with the Fields Medal. They said, uh, why? And they found him a year later. So he was living in Siberia trying to work on another pro- problem. And he said, well, your guys are worshipping the, you know, the f- f- I have a certain wiring I have a frequency, an antenna in my brain, I suppose, that was able to channel that idea. But mm. that's just an, an accident of chemistry. Mm. Uh, why are you worshipping the radio? Worship the music. Oh my Give God. the prize to the theorem. You. I was like, fuck off, man. Give the prize to the theorem. Can I tell you an even better This what? is a free podcast. You know that? People just download it for free. Uh, damn right and they hear do. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. How about this? So I'll drop a name. <laughs> Give the prize. Give the prize. I'm writing it down. Give the prize to the theorem. Give the prize, prize to the theorem. To the theorem. So I dated Fiona Apple for a little while. Oh, she's lovely. Back in back in you know I don't know when maybe this a sullen girl about you. Yeah, and um, she's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> you person. Just said yeah, yeah. No, no, no. She she was she's a great person. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't talk to her. I don't know what she's doing now. But we but she was I was more just kind of like in awe of her talent. And, sure. You know. Well, she's incredible. She's incredible. And uh, we were eating and she said, I want to sing. And she, she went and sang at Largo. And I listened to her and I know a little bit about singing. I'm not a singer, but I, I, I realized that her voice was ju- after a meal and wine at 12 at night, her voice was just as good or better. Yeah. Like live off the cuff as it was on the album. Yeah. And I said, how the hell? She goes, what do you mean? I go, well, your voice sounds even better. You didn't do any vocal warm-up or anything. And she goes, and she was confused. And she looked at me and I said, how do you do that? She goes, I don't know. I just, I don't, just tell the truth and everything else follows, I guess. <laughs> I was like, ah, whatever, man. Uh, Fuck off. Tell, tell the, the truth. truth. I suck. <laughs> no, you're number one. I am number one. <laughs> But that's what it is. She yeah. was she was the radio, and she picked up the right frequency. Yeah, but it's funny because you don't you don't believe in anything new agey, which is fine. I, we, we don't have to pollute. This I don't know idea. if I do or not. Oh, I thought when you dis, disregard, not that you can't disregard psychics and still love something else. Oh no, that stuff is uh, that's fine. I, I don't. <clears throat> I, I the only reason I don't believe in that is I don't. It's never been measured. Mm. It's never been in any way. They try. It's interesting. I I sometimes think about that. I'm like, when we try and test things, like uh, Robert Monroe comes up on this podcast quite frequently. This will be three in a row, actually, that uh, leaving your body, people that say they can leave their body. Mm -hmm. But Robert Monroe in the 50s was, you know, pretty scientifically minded and kept trying to prove it. Meaning, there is a random number generator in that room. You can meditate in here, leave your body, go look at the number 
come back and tell us what the number was. Yeah. And they could never do it. No. Why? But see, okay, easy answer because it's bullshit. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. join you there. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's the smart money is on its bullshit. Or is there just a quality to these things that make them uncomprehensible, untestable, that will always frustrate some people into the rest of us? The, we'll the just problem be like, with that statement is that we all live in a world where we live in the opposite world. The problem with that statement is that we all live in a world where we benefit from, you know, we do know how I'm able to talk on my phone to China with crystal clarity. Mm. We do know why I'm able to go beyond my biology, whereas 50 years ago I didn't. I mean, we all we do know why. What do you mean go beyond? Well, I, I don't I don't have to worry about things like tetanus, diphtheria, yeah. whooping yeah. cough, and uh. all the things that killed us. Uh, antibiotics, anesthesia. So science is something we benefit from constantly, every day, and continue to, and is radically and exponentially changing our everything about our lives. Everything, mm. food we eat. Uh, the way we interact, um, how long we're going to live. So we benefit from the 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 hard um, the hard laws of physics and chemistry and biology, and these things have been measured and, and through empirical study, looking at data, subjecting it to experimentation smashing it with a sledgehammer yes and and yeah. and replicating that yeah, yeah, yeah. over and over and throwing it away when it doesn't yeah and match. so my problem with people come up and say well he's got this root that cures cancer i immediately say <clears throat> i've had a lot of people who want to um for example sponsor my podcast with supplements yeah and the first thing i say is alpha you want me to whatever it might be i say whatever if you want me to if you want me to to um sell your product and you want to give money to do that, you have to show me double-blind independent studies that prove without a shadow of a doubt that it does what you say it does. I have to be able to see that and measure it. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I just need to be able to see that it does for yeah. me. Yeah. And I haven't yet. There are a lot of things. And by the way, what I make claims all the time. What if they gave it to you the and you, did the, you took it? But you need a placebo I group. still couldn't do it. But I'll tell you, Joe Rogan... J. Rogue. Yeah, Joe Rogan you, um, uh, uh, sells Alpha Brain. He sells uh, shroom tech and things. But Joe. What's shroom tech? It's a mushroom, uh, a, a quadricep mushroom or something like that. But Joe, and Joe sells it. But, but let me tell you something about Joe. Joe uses that stuff. I've seen him with my own eyes use it. Mm-hmm. And Joe believes in it. And Joe has actually looked at a lot of data now to suggest that it does work for him and works for other people mm-hmm. like the chinese uh, olympians used a lot of this stuff and it worked so i don't have any problem with that you know um because joe doesn't may- maybe have a lot of data on double blind studies but but joe is a very ethical guy and if he's going to sell something he believes in that product 100% i mm-hmm. know that guy better than anybody mm-hmm. that's a different story um but when I just you just hear a lot of people saying this here cures cancer, or this here does this, or this right. here cures. Well, um, if you really ask them where they heard it, and if you ask for the data, and you ask, and you actually start digging and find out where it comes from, like homeopathy and those kinds of things, take a look at where it comes from. Hmm. Do a just do an honest, just do an honest assessment. Put your beliefs aside. I have my own beliefs. But try to be scientifically minded. Mm. We've, been, we've benefited a great deal. And what I mean by scientific, t- scientifically minded is at least show me 
that it works. Give me a measurable test. Sure. That's all. I'm not saying everything has to be measured. I don't want to live in a world that's... I don't know how, why I love somebody. I can't measure and describe to you with graphs why I love a woman. Mm-hmm. If I'm in love with a woman or, you know... I can't tell you why any of that Well, you happens. can't tell me where Brian Callen is in your... In your physical body, you know what I mean, right? That's so there are, so there is wonderful and great mystery, mm. and I and I and I don't mean. And, I, and by the way, there's something called romance. Let yourself be taken away with the idea that we are uh, not 100 percent physical. We're not reduced to our mathematical biology. Mm. That we're more than that. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So I don't want to be a killjoy here. Because, no, you're not killing joy. Yeah, I don't want to live in, in that world either. I don't want to live in just a scientific world. Fuck you. It's boring. I mean, how come music makes me feel profoundly sad and joyous at the same time? Sure. How do you describe the idea that I kind of believe in a god? I, I, I can't prove it. I just feel like there's... Well, it's in, your, it's in your gut. Yeah. Sometimes you need a chemist and sometimes you need a poet. There you go. That's what uh, my friend Rob Bell says. You're right, dude. He's right. But we need to embrace both. I'm completely there with you. I get off on science. I'm not as adept at it as I'd like to be, but I also get off on the spiritual stuff. So you are open to the idea that we're more than the sum of our parts, if I was hearing you. Very much so. There's that great, I think it was... You have, you're just like a fun time at the movies. It's like you, you, I give you a topic. It's I like know. a jukebox. I just go. You give me an anecdote. I'm on a loop, though. Or a quote. I'm just regurgitating. Yeah, but he, see, you're a dad and stuff. But I'm like a kid that doesn't know you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I come yeah. over and I'm just like uh, like one of your kid's friends and I just haven't heard any of your dad jokes. Well, the, the, <laughs> the, the, yeah, and that's exactly right. And I appreciate being – that's, that's yeah. now I'm just free for it. But, but when, make- you, when you say that, I really like what you say because, uh. for example, um, look, you know, when you start getting into um, – the truth of a subject. So if you say if, – and, and I apologize to anybody who – I sounded very uh, kind of like cut and dry about my mathematical idea of like you have to be able to measure things. Sure. But, but having said that, when, when uh, Aldous Huxley, who is Darwin's bulldog, said to Matthew Arnold, um, we, are, we, we came from the sea and became pointy-tailed, pointy-eared hominids and then became men. So we started as plasma in the sea. We became monkeys and then we became men. And we're just smart monkeys, and and William Arnold, uh, Matthew Arnold said, "Yes, you're right, but there was something about that monkey that inspired it to Greek. In other words, there was something about that monkey that inspired it to do things like Shakespeare, Mozart, uh, the Parthenon, mm. uh, Aeschylus, Sophocles, whatever it is. Mm. So whatever you want to say, monkeys don't build skyscrapers. They sure don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't. And they don't create beauty for the sake of beauty necessarily, right? Right, right. I mean, explain to me the the uh, like a Mozart concerto. I'm not even fucking into classical music, but yeah, it I makes understand. me sound smart. Yeah. It makes me sound smart yeah, yeah, and sophisticated. Yeah. But but like <laughs> like and so Matthew Arnold said something awesome. He said if you took I think this was the metaphor. He said if you took a piano and smashed it into a thousand pieces and scattered it across the floor. Technically that's a piano. Mm. I mean technically it's a piano. Mm-hmm. I mean the parts are all there. Mm-hmm. But it's not a piano, is it? A piano is that box when touched the right way makes beautiful music. Mm-hmm. That's a piano. And so therein lies the mystery to life. So if you reduce human beings to their to protozoa to their to their machinery, yeah. you're missing the point. Well, you're missing the 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 song. You're looking you're at radios and you're missing the frequency. There you go. That sort of thing. Full circle. Uh, I completely agree. So, uh do you, the way that I I'm just trying to preempt a, a little here. 
Do you believe in a lifeguard God, a God that's watching you and cares if you punch me in the face right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's so belabored. I know. So beautifully well, tormented. Well, uh, I don't know. The, the two books I've recently read. Uh, you well-read yeah. fit man. Yeah. Well, I just read C.S. Lewis's book, uh, The Screwtape Letters. Do you know what that book's I've about? I've always wanted to read it. Oh, it's been recommended. Screwtape is a senior times. demon in the hierarchy of hell, and he's writing letters to his young nephew apprentice young nephew demon apprentice I'm writing it down about about how to corrupt a human soul and the young demon apprentice wormwood is attached to a human whom he calls the patient and he's giving him advice on on how to corrupt and further corrupt this human soul so that he may be brought into our father's house below <laughs> and dude it is so human and you don't have to be a christian or anything but man when you hear it you you will find yourself going that is i mean this guy knows everything about all the temptations yeah and at the end of the day and there's another book he wrote called mere christianity i'm not a christian but he wrote yeah, the book i read it mere christianity a, you did it's yeah. a great book because it's basically the premise is there is something called human nature but it's not the nature gravity it's not the nature of gravity where we can predict that and rocks fall no matter if you drop them mm. in fact human nature sometimes goes very contrary to its own nature i mean you know humans have this really deep sense of what's right and what's wrong you know right from their childhood yeah. he, he, argue, he argues that it's in us from the beginning it might be in, in us from the beginning right it's a hard thing to argue out of actually when you when you read that book so so when you say god i don't know man um i i don't know <laughs> brian callen checking out the clive staples yeah i do believe <laughs> i i think i want to live in a world yeah i i think i believe in um you know I, I i believe that i love the idea that there's something out there that's much bigger than myself that i can't measure well have you taken comforting. mushrooms with joe rogan i not with joe but i have taken mushrooms if i was friends with joe rogan i'd say when are you out of town give me that isolation tank well you know i said to joe <laughs> this weekend we went and did uh vancouver and i um i, I said to him I, i've known him for 20 years and I said, dude, what, you're, he's such a generous person. Like, mm. he's so generous. It's weird. Like, he is the kind of guy. He gives money. He, he's incredible. And I said, when did, you know, he changed a lot. He used to be very guarded. And I said, well, you're so generous. When did this happen? You achieved peace of mind to a large extent. Mm. How'd that happen? And I'm being a little generous to him. I mean, he's like my brother. So, sure. you know, so let's not, you know, but, but, but. He said uh, psychedelics. <laughs> I was waiting for a long answer. He goes psychedelics. I was like, "Come on, man!" But that was his answer. So really, was, yeah, compassion, gives, empathy, it's all in there. Gives him a lot of. He gives his, uh, psychedelics a lot of credit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took a three hour. I took a three hour shower on mushrooms. A three hour yeah, shower came out like a prune. Yeah, that must have looked awesome. I was like, "I'm 90. What happened in that shower?" You went in the shower on mushrooms. Didn't come out. For Why three, did you get hours. in the shower? I felt that was probably my soul was dirty, for real. <laughs> well, really? Yeah, I was like, I have to clean my, I have to clean myself. You of want my to baptize yourself of my lies? <laughs> Who did you take them with? Oh, I took it alone. I remember my girlfriend that time kept knocking on the door. Brian, I was like, Yeah, you, you've been in there a long time. I know. Um, just gotta wash this stuff off. You didn't tell her you were taking mushrooms. Oh no, no, she was high too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also climbed Big Whiskey Mountain. In Wyoming on mushrooms, have a witness and pictures to this. And he turned back. We were up on the mountain, and I had only my sneakers on. And I mean it. I was naked. <laughs> cock in the wind. Cock in the wind. And I got a piece on me. That's not the point of the story. Or maybe it is. And um, 
I kept eating blueberries, and by the time I made it down, my legs were all scratched up, still naked. We never found my clothes. Never did. <laughs> I came down naked with a blue mouth. <laughs> True story. <laughs> How about that? That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So you felt, you've touched, you've seen that other side. I had a long conversation with a rock. Yep. And uh, it was good. He looked like a dinosaur. He's all gray and big, and I was hugging it. Yeah. I was like, I have to go now, but I give you great respect. Thank you for being ancient. Oh, God. Then I told my buddy in all seriousness, I go, bro. He goes, what? I go, you got to move with the mountain, man. You have to move with the mountain. We were climbing up the mountain. He started laughing. Because were you seeing the mountain move or it just made sense? I just thought that was an important thing to say to him. You're not supposed to climb. Big was we were not going up trails. You're not supposed to climb a mountain like that. And there are grizzlies everywhere. And we saw bear tracks. And I was really afraid. I had a little knife with me. Good luck. Good luck. I'll stab it in his stupid bear nose. Fucking. <laughs> no, you would have tried to be peaceful with it. Hello. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to make yourself big, I think. Yeah. You're actually supposed to climb a tree. Grizzlies can't climb trees. Oh, really? Too big. I can't either. We have that in common. We should bond over you'd that. You'd find a way to climb. Uh, if a 700, 800-pound dog was coming at you, you'd yeah. find a way to get up that fucking tree. Or I'd just yield to the inevitable. Yeah, I don't want to die that way because sometimes they <laughs> start eating your legs first. Oh. It's a bad situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, they'll bite, they'll bite your foot off. It's not a good time. No. I think, though, they probably grab you by the neck and just shake. See ya. You got no chance with a grizzly. I don't know if you guys know that. Sayonara. Isn't well, yeah, grizzly man. Those were grizzlies. Was well, that guy say. was a stupid man. Yeah. Well, all those stories. Anytime somebody into the wild, a grizzly man. Anytime somebody goes out in nature, and nature. Into the wild was dumb. I I agree. A fuck about you, you dummy. I'm gonna, go to, I'm gonna go to Alaska. Way to be prepared, you fucking yoker. I bring rice and a twenty-two. You're a fucking dummy. Didn't even talk to anybody about how to survive. Give me some snowshoes. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna live on rice and find a bus. Oh, found something man-made, you fucking idiot. Now maybe you understand why we live in society. You know the society you were railing against, you fucking dreamer. All due respect to his parents who i'm sure found it very painful to starve to death big fans of this show yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> huge fans that's when you know you're getting older when i actually i, I in the middle of my rant i stop and feel bad because he's got family yep nope that I was have a, kids that was a dad instinct i right have there. kids i know what it's like i understand and, and like it's no longer cute in movies when kids are kidnapped or harmed no way man i was gonna do uh i did at midnight last night one of the jokes was put the toddler in a in a put the toddlers in a house and release the bees. Well, I got toddlers. Not funny to me, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that joke. I don't yeah. want to say anything. I don't want to say anything about suicide or yeah. killing. I, yeah. You just change. You change. Yep. Doesn't do any good. Well, that's what uh, Steve Martin says. You make all the jokes when you're young about cancer and stuff, and then your friends get cancer, and you oh, stop boy. making those jokes. Damn right you do. Yep. You goddamn right you you're do. You're just filled with wisdom. I just got a pain in my stomach on my side. I'm like, oh, that's got to be cancer. Oh, maybe your maybe your pancreas. I don't. I don't mean to yes and your cancer was. <laughs> As I'm grabbing, I'm my, trying to support you. Is it weird to have pain in my entire torso? <laughs> Good news and bad news. Your brain's fine. You got torso cancer. <laughs> mm. I find it very pleasant to hear you talk about death, blood, meridian, screw tape, letters, saline solution. We've learned a lot. You've written it all down, brother. Do you know the hardest time you've ever laughed? Yes. 
my sister, my sister's yes. first job, she answered the phone. Hello, this is hello. Welcome, welcome to the Ritz Carlton. This is Kathleen Callan. How may I help you? And my sister was trying to be, uh, you know, yes, a corporate citizen. And I never, I kept calling her back and laughing. I was falling out of my chair. I just thought it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever. Wait, to hear my called, sister try to be a grown up was. Wait, you called little, the Ritz Carlton where she yeah, worked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I knew she was working there, and I, my mother said, "Call her. She's this is her number. She's working. It's very exciting." Ah. Hello, welcome to the Ritz Carlton. I'm Kathleen Callan. How may I help you? I was like, ah! like it was just so funny to hear her trying to be a corporate citizen. I've never laughed so fucking hard in my life. I kept calling her back. I fell out of my fucking chair. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that was funny. I know why. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Oh God, sometimes you laugh so hard. When, when was the last time, the other time I laughed? It's rare to really laugh. A good it? laugh. Yeah. Even when it's happening, I'm like, oh, thank to God. To die laughing? A good laugh is happening right now. Yeah. I mean, that was the, you know, you laugh at weird things. You know what I really laughed at? This thing called Dance Fail on YouTube, where this girl's like, check it out. And she was from Brazil or Russia, and she's doing this dance, and she falls and grabs the curtain. I, I kept watching it. I'd never it was I was literally it was like five years ago. I, I I don't know what I don't know what came over me. I do. I fell down laughing so hard. <laughs> because those are the same things that do make si- skyscrapers in the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. And sometimes we just fall and grab a curtain. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. Fall, grab a curtain. <laughs> How about you? Hardest time I've laughed. I'm trying to think of a recent one because I've told my they're not necessarily good, mine. Mm. What? Haven't we laughed really, really hard on the show recently? You're a good laugher, though. I love laughing. I'm yeah. a, I'm a good laugher. But I'm talking about like a uh, like a like a crying sort of wheezing. Yeah. Oh, Josh Rubin. That and you know what? Who's I, Josh Rubin. Josh Rubin is is one of the funniest people. Uh, people need to know about what i mean is i'm not surprised you don't comic? know comic he is an, a comic actor improviser kind of guy he does a lot of impressions and stuff I'm look him up right now listen to his episode i'm not trying to plug this show yeah just listen to the episode it's just me dying crying with laughter the whole time really and i re- recently listened to it in the middle of the afternoon and just started laughing again and i was like i just have this the rest of my life this hour and a half treasure what uh, josh rubin um wh- Art, what yeah what comedian or? Ty- type in josh rubin you made it weird But uh, you, that is, that is a real gift. That is a real gift. <laughs> you made it weird. He does this thing where he's an old man dying, and he's like, I don't deserve this. Oh, there's a wolf. I can't. I can't do it. You have to listen to Oh, this to is it. your thing. Okay. It's, my, it's, it's my podcast. But I want to see his face. That's, that's him? Face. That's it. Yep, that's him. You don't know him. I don't know. He's so funny. Good-looking kid. He's a good-looking man. Why is he funny? Don't know. Yeah, that bothers me. You're not Some, allowed to be. Something you know. happened. All right, Josh Rubin. He's not a comic. He's more of a... He's an actor. He does a lot of college humor stuff. so funny. He's got his picture against Andrew Carnegie. That's fantastic. And they look a lot alike. <laughs> wow. And you know who that is. That's, That's so... impressive. Uh, yeah, I'm super smart. <laughs> and you're number one. And I'm number one. All right, so you made it weird as your That's podcast. what you just did. You just made it weird. Do you feel satisfied? Yeah, I, I think I was an amazing guest. I, I mean, loved it. Your people are probably flipping out right now. I think they are. What should I... I should tweet it? I'll text you when it comes out. All right. It'll be... In, Follow me on Instagram, everybody. Sure, yeah. Uh, please. B-R-Y-A-N. 
Yes, B-R-Y-N-C-A-L-L-E-N. I mean, you know, look, I, I can't stand when people say that. What do you mean? Um, say what? When they say, uh, follow me on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> what do you gain what? from pe- more people looking at your photos? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I no, I do. I make videos. Oh. That are the funniest. Humorous. I'm number one on... I was voted number one on Instagram from Instagram magazine. That uh, that all sounded fake. No, no, no. It was an international Instagram magazine and the every part of that sounded fake. Council on Instagram. Every part of this sounds fake, huh? None of that sounds real. Oh, look, I'm opening Instagram to follow you. All right, there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for it. I'm gonna touch the compass. I'll die. B r y a n. Yeah, but international the International Association of Instagram. Editors said that I was uh, their favorite, so I won Brian, an award. You have zero posts. Well, no, I have a lot more. What did you put? B r y a n c a l l e n. Yeah, B m Callen. No, B r y. Look, this is what comes up. <laughs> that's that's not you. Nineteen followers. No, that's definitely not me. That's Callen at Ryan. No, no, no. Hold on. Put in. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Shit. What a disaster. You know. This is how the episode ends. I know. I I know. It's just like a lame ending. Like, here it is. 24,000 followers. Oh, that's better. No, that's good. That's that's right. That's good. Look. How how many posts do I have? It's all video. Uh, 126. Yeah. Way to go, Brian. 126. Woohoo. 24,000, though. That's We have the exact number of followers. Really? Yeah. Pete Holmes. Uh, deal with that. Brian, this was a real treat, and I appreciate you as a person. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you I for coming it. in. I've learned a lot. We'll do it again, and uh, I hope to see you at another show. You will see me at another show. I'd plug something, but I don't know where I'm going to be. It'll be in like a month, so. How many people listen to your podcast? 100,000 people listen to this. That's a lot. That's a lot. Is that true? On the week it comes out, yeah. All right, well, I'll be in... Uh... <laughs> I believe I'll be in, in Florida, in West Palm Beach, Florida... July 18th to the 20th what, to 21st. What is the date now? And Who's then sure? I'll be in Marco Island. Just what's that. your website? BrianCallen.com. There you go. B-R-Y-N-C-A-L-L-E-N. Just go there for everything. Say keep everything. it crispy. Keep it crispy! <laughs> that was awesome. You did. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.